Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Do you headphones? I, I like them. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of get, get you inside. Oh, inside it does. the thing. Hello. It does. It puts you in the thing. Puts wow. you in the mix. You're in like a. I instantly changed. Yeah. My perspective went. Exactly. Did, yeah. Brings yeah. you into the matrix. Yeah. You go. Yeah. So how's it going with you? It's good, man. Yeah. Are it's you good. excited? Yeah. I am excited. You should be. I know. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, why not, right? Yeah, your song sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. I'm excited. Yeah, I love the concept. Thank too, you. The, the 21 days thing. Yeah. People who battle addiction know that shit really well, I think. Yeah, I that think it's 21 day landmark. People always, they, they're always throwing that. I couldn't yeah. tell you how many therapists said that to me. Is that oh, yeah. the origin of be it? Like, well, yeah. kind of. Yeah, that's where it started. For us, oh, not an AA that yeah. don't know. Like, they, they all threw it out there. And, like, I went to, like, I went to a like, program to even quit smoking. Yeah, I need to do that. I'm, I'm back on nicotine with the vape. Okay. I'm not smoking real cigarettes, but. The vape. I don't know what that's going to do. It's the future. Uh, the future. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the nicotine keeps coming back. It's uh, I, I got to get rid of I got to 86 it. got to wrestle it. Wrestle yeah. that demon down. I, I wrestle it. Yeah. You know, I went to yoga today. I'm like, That's good. Know, yeah. The devil and the, the angel yeah, are yeah. on both shoulders. You're good at that yoga. I'll tell you what. Yeah. That's good. That I need. That's my therapy. Uh, yeah, I've, I got to get on the yoga. I've been on the cookies too long. Yeah, <laughs> trying, trying to quit them ciggies. I'm yeah. shoving whatever in my mouth. Yeah, how long have you, has it been since a cigarette? A year. Wow, congratulations. Like a, yeah, thank you. So it's been like just a year. So I'm like, man. Yeah. You know what messes me up is when it's easy. Yeah. When I get over it easy, and then like two weeks later, I'm like, that was easy. I could just like bend a little and then but it always catches you back up yeah that if it's too easy i think you could fall back in too yeah too quick so congratulations Thank on you. that yeah and then correlating that with like a relationship i think is kind of brilliant i just i had this idea when i heard it so many times through all the different things and i was just like this can't just be about this like mm -hmm. it can't can't just be about getting away it has to be about other things too so it's sort of my mind opened up and then it was like Oh wait, it could be about all these things, right? You know, and that kind of I don't know, and then it kind of like helped me. I was putting my energy of being miserable, you know, into a, a song and create something productive and positive. Yeah, you know, is that what you did? Yeah, I was conscious about not even. I, I was. I'm really trying to be conscious about even though I might be miserable, not creating more misery. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I make art that's just complaining. Then that's gonna just spread that misery when, yeah. But if I mm -hmm. try to turn that around, I find that a lot of times I cheer someone else up, but I also end up cheering myself mm -hmm. up, which is a unique thing to me. I didn't know that that was, or not unique. It's a surprising thing to me because mm. I didn't know this before. Well, words are really powerful. I mean, like first there was the word. I mean, you know, so it's like, and, yes. and songs are voodoo. They're magic. So like. I, there's a lot of times I've like written negative things that have come to pass in my songs and vice versa. I feel that big time. Yeah. That has happened. Right. <laughs> my mother actually called me on that one time. What'd she say? She said, she heard a song that I had written many years ago and she said, I knew you weren't happy. 
Mm-hmm. And then I was like, and then I end up a few years later, I end up getting going divorced, the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, I never saw that coming. Right. Your subconscious is way ahead. Yeah. Pounding. It's way, it's way ahead of you and it's revealing. Yeah. But, but it's too spooky to really take in the information. <laughs> so we just walk around with blinders on half the time. It's true. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Could even though real. deep down we do know yeah. what's going on. It's That is true. How it, it, your mind knows things. Yeah. I wonder if there was a way that you could stop, you know, and separate for a second. Like, imagine if you could live like a week. That's meditation. Only on your subconscious. Really? Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, so like, if, like if only your subconscious thoughts were the thoughts that you chose to allow out and speak about, mm-hmm. and that your immediate thoughts you you made like a deal with yourself. Mm. Like, I'm not saying anything that's immediate. Mm. I wonder what would happen. I don't even know if that's possible. I, I feel like that is what songwriting is. I feel like the, so, the songwriting voice is that subconsciousness or the artistic voice kind of originates from the subconscious. I agree. I, I wasn't able to get in any sort of tapping into that on purpose kind of without writing. I guess they call it stream of consciousness, but mine is more just like any thought I have. I'll just start typing. Mm-hmm. Like all these words and things like if I'm, if I'm like, I hate that dog outside that's barking right now. And I'll just like type everything out. And then all of a sudden, one of those thoughts, 50 lines later, will be something. Like, oh, wait, what's that? That's interesting. And then you can try and like start. You, Stephen King in his book that on writing, he says you got to dig around the mm. idea with a spoon. Mm. It's like digging up dinosaur bones with a spoon. Mm. And you're like, little bit at a time. Don't chase it away. That's, that's a good one that yeah, Stephen King's on yeah. writing. I like that one. It's really good. It's a, it, 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 it is a magic thing it, that, that happens with songwriting. Yeah. You create something out of nothing. Yeah. I that other know. that resonate with other people. Yeah. That's like, the yeah. biggest thing. Yeah. Well, we're all one. It's true. At least that's what that's what the spiritual leaders say. Yeah. You know what we need to learn how to do, I think, when we're stuck with the songwriting, I need to learn how to do is what I mean, they say if you're creating something out of nothing, last time somebody created something out of nothing, he took a rest on the sixth, seventh day. Mm-hmm. I don't take no rests. I you, need to take a rest. Yeah. You know, when you get in it and you start working and you're just like, you're sitting there arguing with a typewriter every day, you gotta step away for a second, let your mind breathe. Yeah. I gotta learn to do that. Is that your process, typewriter? Nah, it's really just a oh. computer. <laughs> well, have you heard of uh, Have you heard of the uh, the Artist Way? Yes. Yeah, like the morning pages. Yeah. Sounds oh, like resonates yes. with what you're talking about because the concept is you just write three pages straight up, like off the top of your head yeah. when you first wake up, and just not to try to write something good, but just write, you know. Yeah blah 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 i suck whatever it is you know whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah it i feel is. you man i got pages <laughs> blah, of that. blah blah i suck yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> but that's cool you Yo, know but whatever it is yeah <laughs> i do that though i'm yeah. like green is better than yellow right. bro you know like yeah. i don't like yeah. i don't like doritos right that's a, like you yeah. know <laughs> But that's where you get to the thing, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's easy when you're 22 and you're, you're maybe you're maybe you're, especially if you're 22 years old and you're out of your mind on like you you're wasted or something. You you know, you think all kinds of crazy ideas to write down on paper mm-hmm. that sound smart, right. but then when you as that rocket fuel wears off and you find yourself, you know, in your 30s and your 40s and whatever, you then you actually have to be creative. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be talented or else that's it. Mm. sit down because there's young people coming up 
And by talented, you mean like dedicated and focused on it? Uh, I mean good. Like for, you know, you have to be good at what you do. Like you have to have learned something. Right. You know, and, and I, it, that's the biggest struggle is to, to believe that you at some point are good. And that's really hard. And how have you done that? I don't think I've done it. You don't? No. I feel I think, like you've done it. I think that the hardest thing for me is to, like, I, I can't hear. I have, like, a filter that doesn't hear praise. It goes in my ear mm -hmm. and out the, out the other way immediately. Mm -hmm. But negative stays. It, like, sticks like glue. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I'm constantly driven towards that thing of myself deciding that something I've done is good. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's what keeps me kind of uh, like still taking piano lessons and guitar lessons. Like I know how to play guitar, but I'm still taking lessons. Why? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Because I'm going for something. Right. But I heard you talk in another interview about like how art is subjective and it's hard to know if anything's good or not. But like through time, you have learned that like some things that you've done are good because they've been embraced. Yeah. And accepted. In that way. Yeah. For yeah. sure. The current uh, is more hard, is more the hard one. More difficult. Yeah, because you, you, when you're doing it right then, there's no simmering time. And the, but the past, you can kind of look at it and go like, all right, well, people like that. That's probably good. Yeah. You know, distance is, is easier to do. Who produced this new record? Peter Cadis. Uh-huh. So he, he was a, a, a friend, um, actually, a, a friend of Matthew Ryan and uh, Craig Finn. Mm. They, they were like, you should do a record with Peter Cadis. And I was like, he's done the national, right? Um, and I, I was like, okay, okay. I was like, I don't know how would that go? And then he ended up like wanting to talk on the phone. And so we just talked and he said, why don't you just come up here and try it? And he's right up in Connecticut. So he's like, just try a song. He's like, if we don't like it, then throw it away. Mm. Like, That's cool. Let's do it. Right. So then we did it and, it and it worked really well. Like he, he's cool. What song was that? Vincent. We Vin did. Yeah. Vincent. We tried that one first and, uh, and all I, I had was the piano and vocal on a demo on my iPhone. I mm. just played it. And then he he kind of said, like, what if we make it, like, you know, put drums on it and, like, have all these sounds going on. And I was like, what are you crazy? What are you talking about? It's a piano song. Mm. And, you know, I was thinking about it from like that. But then I said, all right, let's just try it. You know, whatever. Like, if worst case is I hate it, I'll just delete it. And then mm. I have to listen to it again. And it turned out to be really good. And he he turned out to be really inspiring to work with because he's coming from another plane. Like, he's not concerned about pop music at all. Right. You know, which I was raised on pop music. He's what, concerned about just making art? Art. He is, thank you. He is the art. The art is the highest order for him. Like, he is just about creating new sounds and new ways about going at things. And, and the biggest thing he said is he's like, you got to keep the sad in it. Mm. Even if you're writing a happy song, there's got to be the sad in it. And I, I really could relate when he said that. Like, I feel like something in in me related to that sentiment so well that I couldn't describe my whole life. And I was like, yes. That's so how do you go about keeping the sad in it. It's a thing that you just feel in the, mo in the moment. You just mm -hmm. say, like, there would be times where you, you play an instrument and you hear a sound and you'd be like, oh, that's cool. And he'd be like, nah, it takes the sad out of it. And then I would reanalyze it from that perspective and go, oh, yeah, I could see that. Mm. Let's, okay, and then we would try to find something else. Hmm. Whatever pulled your your you know your, your heartstrings like that that sentiment that's what had to remain. It reminds me of uh, Leonard Cohen talking about how his guru told him to make it sadder. 
That's cool. Like when he would sing, yeah, to say like make it more heartbreaking. I like that. And then Leonard wrote that album. You want it darker? Yeah, which was his last <laughs> yeah. album, I guess, when he was alive. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, you got to keep it sad. Yeah, keep digging in there. And so, did, and your solo tour with Craig Finn inspired this solo stuff, didn't it? Or is that am I getting that right? Yeah, because well, I never, I never thought that that could be, could or i could do that just go out with nothing and then and keep people interested why because i think i'd never done it i'd always seen i'd seen people do it very wrong and then i'd see people do it very right mm-hmm. and the, and and keep people engaged and i was like all right you know here we go let's see if this is gonna gonna work at all because at the time too i had just finished that 59 sound tour and i had i hadn't written the new record so i was like I didn't know what to do, but you know, the bills don't take a vacation. Mm-mm. So I gotta, I gotta work. And I was like, I, I want to go play by myself and clear my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to do this. And then with Craig, it was good because Craig is used to this. And so he sort of kind was of mentored to, you a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. He's also a front man of a big band, just like you. Yeah. The similarities are very, his solo acoustic stuff and the hold steady are just such a massive band just like the gaslight anthem yeah he he had like i felt like he sort of like had like an like an older brother like he had already been down the path so i could he could maybe you know show show me the way and and he was a real helpful light in the last couple years i tell you what Mm -hmm. like how he would call me out of nowhere and just be like one time i had this like we played a show together and i I had like a bad time i was going through it was right when i was going through like getting divorced and Mm -hmm. like I just like I was just like you know what the hell with this like I I just had I didn't freak out or anything no no breakdown but I was like nah I just wasn't into it at this this show and and he he called me the just next a single day. show kind of thing yeah, yeah yeah I don't really let it out in the public you know right, like right. I try to keep my breakdowns private but uh, he um, he called me that the next day and he was like you're right and I was like nah man I was like I don't like any of this. Like this isn't what I I don't think I signed up for this you know and I don't know how I got because everything felt so disconnected mm. in everything my personal life the music everything and he really was like you know he didn't know me like we just knew each other from like hey what's up band cool you know I like your records cool mm, right. and then like that I was just a fan I was like you write cool words mm-hmm. he <laughs> really then, does doesn't he yeah he does <laughs> yeah he's great shout he's out very shout out fan. Craig Finn he's been on this podcast Craig Finn is the he, he's dope he's a guru and, with a, words. and a great dude yeah really good dude I yeah. like him yeah he was good hang you know having fun yeah so anyway so he called you up and he's like what's up yeah he's like what's up man he's like you all right and I'm like you know but I'm like just the fact that he called and asked I was like yeah Cause ain't nobody else calling. They right. didn't ask, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. People probably assume that you got it together. I don't know. They, 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 know? I, they, they probably assume that that I just don't care about it or like didn't you know was disengaged from whatever kind of thing. They assume that when you're in like if you're doing well, they assume you're, you're successful. Happy. That yeah that means happiness, which is yeah. uh, utterly wrong. Yeah. You know, and it, it's funny too because even the level of perceived success, it's like. You know, my band got very big, but like I don't own a Porsche. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we missed the cutoff, man. Right. Like I we didn't you. get the rock and roll money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you got I don't the know. fame without the money. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. everybody in the in the '90s, all these sub pop bands got signed, and that I look up to, and they're like, they're like, we only go on tour four days a year, and I'm like, how are you living on money? And they're like, yeah. we got that advance back in '92, and I was yeah. like, how to get that advance? Yeah. Right. So. I was like, it's easy to be, but then that leads to the thing of it's it's easy to say no to things when you don't 
you know, you don't have to pay the bills. Right. You know it's, what I'm saying? It, it, it's easier. Yeah. Like, I always talk about that with as far as like Neil Young's policy on selling out and stuff like yeah. that. I'm like, easy for Neil Young to say. I always you say know? that. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm big on that. You know, you I, know, because especially too, sometimes like, you know, that that money can facilitate making more art. Like, you know what I mean? And, and if you got to like focus on, I don't know, working at Starbucks. Yeah. Like, that's not art time. No. And that's the thing. You can make a lot of choices when you have that freedom that you don't have to please anybody. Like if I put out a record that somebody doesn't like and the, and the album doesn't sell and the venues don't want to book me, mm-hmm. my, I got to figure out how to feed my kids. Right. Like Neil Young don't have to figure that out. Right. Even if he never does anything. Right. He already figured it out. He's already got it. Some people already figured it out. I think that they figured it <laughs> out. A hundred, yeah. A hundred years ago. It was already dialed yeah, in. You know what I'm saying? dialed that in. Because you can tell when artists get to that point yeah. when they're just like, I don't care. Yeah. Because they do what they want. And right. I'd be like, that's cool. It's respectable. But it's but yeah. don't preach to me about how right. you can make choices. Like, I don't have my songs in commercials. Cool. Well, I got to keep the lights on, so I do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. holler at your boy if you got a commercial you need music for. Yeah, that, uh, and if he's not available, uh, <laughs> this yeah. guy. I got a couple of jams myself, yeah. by the way. I've been, I've been working on So wait, but you, like, your mom was a folk musician, yeah. right? Yeah, She came from, so you kind of came from a musical background, or what did your folks do? Yeah, but like, my dad wasn't around. He wasn't in the picture. Oh, okay. So it was just my mom, but she mm-hmm. would, uh, she she had this, like, nylon string acoustic guitar that she would just play and sing songs all the time. Huh. So it was, like, hymns and then protest music. Nice. <laughs> right, so like, Which is really funny. Oh, so were you raised religiously? Yeah, my mom was, like, my mom was, like, big into that whole, like, I've come to the end of my rope. I found Jesus thing. And my mom wasn't about it. I'm any. down with that. Yeah, she kind of. I come to my end of my rope and found <laughs> Jesus too. You know what I'm saying? I don't though? know if Jesus found me back though. Yeah. That's the only thing. I'm still waiting for him yeah. to find me back. He's got a weird cell phone number. Yeah. It's hard to, you know, it's it hard keep, to get yeah. in touch sometimes. I feel like it keeps changing. The mailbox is full. Yeah. I think you dial it by getting on your knees. The number you call, the mail, yeah. mail, or the, the mailbox hasn't been, uh, what is it? Yeah. It hasn't been hasn't, set up yet. Hasn't yeah. been set up yet. My, she she kind of like came to one of those like my i remember going to church as like it's like a literally like a, probably three or four years old like one of my first memories mm. and like there was some sad looking people at this church mm-hmm. walking in they but they would get happy and mm-hmm. it was like a small church like it was probably like the size of this room yeah. and everybody was always talking about i used to get drunk every day and i don't drink no more and i you know i'm happy about that and you'd see they were genuinely happy and i remember that seeing seeing that but there was no snake holding it was none of that mm. so it but it was like one of those old school vibes and the old the hymn you know the yeah. the piano and the organ that made funny noises and like then they would sing the hymns and you'd be like all right like somebody's dialing into something here mm. yeah. like what is this? and did that affect you like emotionally the hearing yeah. that music was that your first emotional uh reaction to music was in that yeah. environment big time like i think that, that those old really old hymns you know that that was the first time i was like something here mm. is better than this than nah. everything else yeah <laughs> what is that noise yeah. <laughs> what am i feeling is this a feeling i'm having yeah you know what i mean and right. I, 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 didn't, I was curious and i'd always so she'd never have to drag you you'd want to go to church oh i didn't want to go to church yeah. i didn't say that i just oh, said okay. i like the music yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she had to drag me a little bit but oh, yeah. my mom was like it you know she would go on like wednesday night too 
It was that kind of crowd. Right. So she uh, was right. she was in. She was in. She was praying. Was she club. was not. Yeah. She That's was not, not a bad like. Thing, though. I she mean, wasn't fooling. She would go to work yeah, and she come. She's a proper um, believer. Yeah. And Still. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So she she says I think that sometimes that it's a it's a thing that she's done lifelong and then that I don't know having that sort of upbringing it puts you in a different I don't know you you sort of feel like empathetic towards the whole world mm-hmm. and yourself a little bit because you're like her whole thing was like no nobody nobody gets this right that's why I I, I need you know she would always say I need Jesus because I can't get it right and I would go. I love that. Yeah, I can't get it right either. I can't get it right either. No, nobody can. No. But and that it, feels like mildly comforting in a way. It feels more than mildly comforting yeah. to me. Because it's like if you're all <laughs> messed like, up. Yeah, and especially when your soul is on the line. You have to factor that in. Oh, yeah, I forgot like about our, that part. Yeah, our yeah. souls are on yeah. the line. And somehow we know this. Yeah. Like, even if we, like again, <laughs> even if we want to just deny it, like, I don't know that my soul's on the line. I'm just going through the day. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Somehow I feel like my soul's on the line. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find out. But, you know? <laughs> I mean, if I find out when I'm dead that it was all wrong and there's no God and there's just a pinball machine up there i'm gonna be like hey man you know what at least i heard some good music right you know what i mean yeah Yeah. i was like i don't know i kind of thought that that was good you know leonard cohen got a good song out of it Mm -hmm. it's good do you i know because i and i read that you don't really like to talk about chris like being a christian or anything or like or that sort of stuff because maybe it's alienating or something like this but do you are you active with that do you pray do you have a prayer life yeah yeah i mean my whole thing about why i don't like to talk about it is because there's so many fools out there saying fuck it up we're yeah like it'd be like if everybody was like you know what i love i love coffee and then Uh i do this and you're like wait so everybody who loves coffee does that but their voice is a right. lot louder than mine. And, you know, if I say that, people assume any of their previous experiences with religious people yeah. that I'm like that. And I tell you that, yeah, that I'm not like that. Like, I'm from a, I come from like the, I'm the broken Jesus people. I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. Them are the real ones. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because like, I'm not worried about, like, people ask me, like, what do you think about this or this? Or like, can you drink or can you do drugs? Yeah. Like, Yo, man, I don't know. Why don't you ask God? I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm trying to figure this out. There's a big book, that Bible, a big book. And I, I still, I still have them at home. I, still, I don't know why I can't get away from this King James Version. It's much easier to read translations. Uh-huh. But I look at it, and I don't know if it's translated accurately. Don't ask me about that. I didn't do any. I didn't go to college. Right. But what I do know is there's a lot of words in that book, and I don't understand 99% of them. <laughs> right. But I do understand the one where it says, you you, you got to love thy neighbor as thyself. Yeah. And, and, and that that all have fallen short. I'm yeah. like, I'm with those two things. I'm right. down. I can do those. I'm down with those. Too. Let me get those under my belt. Sign which me will, up for yeah, those. Yeah, that'll probably take me my whole life. So right. let me get that under my belt. And then and then I'll worry about what everybody's doing wrong. Don't chew gum on the sidewalk. You know, don't spit, step on a crack, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I can't worry about all that. So for me, I think that it unifies, my experience with it is that it unifies like a, a world to be empathetic because I look at it and I say, well, if, if we all are not getting it right, mm. then that means we all need each other to help. Yeah. And so I look at it like, well, I'm not qualified to help you, but I'm qualified to suffer next to you because mm-hmm. I'm a human. Yeah, and, and I'm I qualified like that. to pray for you and pray for myself. Yeah, and I think that that's the best I could do. And if it doesn't, but, you know, I, I don't know. I never got down with, like, telling people that, like, this is what you need to do. And, 
you know, whatever you think is not right and I'm right and you're wrong. I never got, I'm like, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm I can't, not like that either. can't even make eggs in the morning well, and that's no, true. Yeah, there's no humility in that. There is no humility you know? in that. It's like, uh, yeah. That is wise. Yeah. I never heard it said like that. I'm going to borrow it, but I'm going to tell people you, you said it. Okay, good. All right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. well, it's, uh, yeah, I mean. I ask for forgiveness all the time. I've been getting on my knees lately and praying sometimes, you know, and also mix prayer with yoga because once you're on your knees, then you can do like a back bend easy. Yeah. And so you open up your heart. <laughs> well, you, you do, can I do, do that. A back I do that bend. in my shower. Yeah. Like, and then like the water will like hit your chest area and you'll be like envisioning sort of like light hitting yeah. you and like healing you and stuff like that i yeah. play all kinds of mental games like that i i'm down yeah. i can't move like that though yeah. i gotta do that i see some of those photos of you moving around like that and i'm yeah. like this man is <laughs> i got tip to. top i got to i got to too but yeah. i don't well you can i gotta keep my you're still young I'm 40 years old i just I'm turned 48 48 yeah you, you look great man. thanks dude yeah thank you you don't you feel if that's what 48 looks like i'm looking forward yeah 48 <laughs> you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah well just get into the yoga because i guess you're only as old as the shape of your spine yeah that's what they say i've heard that but so did so did you get into music through your mom then and her interest in folk music and stuff like that yeah because among the hymns she also listened to mainly folk music and uh -huh. she would she would tell me all the stories about what was going down. So like she would, you I would hear like a Bob Dylan tune, and then I would right. come down and be like, you know, what's this about? Right. What's Newport Folk Festival? Why are they booing them? Uh -huh. And my mom would be like, check this out. Right. And she would dial nice. me in, and I was like, okay. Wow. I'm like Joan Baez. What's that? And she would be like, check this out. And she would play me a tune, and I'd be like, whoa. That's you know? Do you have any siblings? No. No, just wow. the only it was son. Me and Mama. Wow. That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, we hung hard. It That's shows. cool. Yeah. Yeah. She watched a lot of Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. I'm not lying. <laughs> I used to. I used to. I used to check out some Cagney and Lacey. It's been a minute since yeah. I thought of Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of it the other day because every night, like, I so I put my <laughs> son. Original yeah. uh, female. OG. <laughs> yeah. Yo, boom. Yo, she, she was. And hot yeah. But my, so I would put my kid to bed and, and like he would ask me, he always waits till bedtime to ask me like, you know, like what what does humanity mean? And I'd be like, oh my goodness. But I remembered, you know, as putting him to bed, I, I remember going to sleep in this like one one room apartment in in, uh, in Red Bank. Mm. And my mom would have the TV, the bed, the living room was the bedroom. So we would sleep on the floor. And, and I was looking on a mattress and I would always look up. She had this dresser and a TV on top of it. And every night as I was falling asleep, she would be like getting ready or to go to bed or whatever, brushing her teeth and Cagney and Lacey would be on. Mm -hmm. And I knew that that was time to go to bed because Cagney and Lacey was on. And I'd be like, what, that, that came on about 10 p.m. probably, right? <laughs> I was probably up too late, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> like, I didn't know that people had dads for a while. Really? <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I probably did, but I just didn't care. Yeah. I had Cagney and Lacey and folk music. What'd I care? That's good. That can be that can be a, an advantage in a way, too. It was. I don't know. It was good. I had, well, yeah. I had my grandmother was next door, so I had, like, I had a good, you know, they did good tag team. Grandfather with me. or no? Grandmother. No, he died. He died. So he there was, was no sort of man around. I had no man around. Yeah. It was weird. There was it was no man's land yeah. for a long time. And uh 
But I didn't I didn't know that that was I didn't know. Right. I was like, this yeah. is cool. I was like, you fools don't get to stay up and watch Cagney and Lacey. You it, keep your family. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need no dad telling well, me. Family means a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, having a mother that loves you and a grandmother next door that loves you, that's a lot of family. Yeah. That you know, if you got the love aspect yeah. from any parental figure. I think you can count yourself yeah. blessed. blessed. People always said to me, like, you did you feel mean? not, like, you missed out. I was like, I didn't feel like I missed no. anything. Right. I was cool. I was happy. Yeah. You know, I was good. And then much later, like, my mom got remarried, and that was cool. But, like, but I, those early years were, like, I think really formed my brain and, like, how I view the world mm-hmm. in so many ways, which I just realized right now on this podcast. What do you think? In what way? Different well, than whatever quote-unquote normal i mean well, there is no normal but. yeah but she well because she gave me the the perspective of you know the thought of humanity as a whole life after death and that kind yeah, of thing and like she, she was keyed in on yeah that. taught me a world consciousness at a young age and then also at the same time she was having me think about like these issues you know you wouldn't lay it on heavy i was young but she would tell me about like the world and the songs and how they related to the things that were going on and she would tell me about like when Kennedy was assassinated, where she was, what that meant, you know, and, and how, and then she would show me the songs, mm. you know, and be like, check it out, Martin Luther King, here's his song, Abraham, Martin, and John, this is who she's talking about, this is who he's talking about, Dion, you know, like, and all this. It's an education. Right big yeah, time. education. Hardcore. And it was like, she was one so in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that like. We, one, yeah, one that mattered on a lot of levels, because yeah. it's the Jesus thing too. It's like you're teaching a kid that it's okay that they don't live up to whatever thing is in their head. That's that that's huge. If you yeah. te- teach a kid that and that <laughs> they can then ask for help and ask for forgiveness or whatever, like that's massive yeah. right there. And then also the music thing, that that's massive too. Yeah, it really did help. Yeah. I, mean, I think that that was it for those early years where I, I could have just taken that and put it in a backpack and yeah, gone on with the rest good. of my life. Well, it seems like you have. <laughs> yeah, I pretty it much didn't like need school or that's anything. That's what you did. I did. Yeah, that's funny. Like, that's really funny. I so did do that. When did you, so you started writing songs you were 10, right? Yeah, yeah probably yeah, 10. So, yeah. But I was inspired, like, oh, you know, my, my friend and I, we had, we had started to listen, we would buy any tape that we could get our hands on. Mm-hmm. So a lot of time it was, like, you know, Guns N' Roses or whatever, yeah. or like, you know, we would listen to that and, and we, you know, be like, but then I, I, I was like, this is too hard. I can't play guitar like that. I can't write these songs. I don't have a piano. I don't even know. I'm like, this is not working out. And then I sort of went back to where my mom showed me. More of the folk. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. You know, and I, I could find artists. You know, at the time, I remember mm-hmm. like Tracy Chapman being out with yeah. Fast Car. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, okay. I'm like, I could do. So people are actually still doing this. It's not just from the 60s. Like, yeah. this is a thing. And then I, and, and then I kind of pursued it. And just like, once I found that, though, songwriting, I was like, friends i'm out mm. and i was out i tell people that a lot too it's like once you access your imagination through music it's it's a wrap totally. it's like one like if you're just trying to like learn shit and figure things out okay that's one thing that's cool that can occupy you a bit once you access your imagination and start like being able to like create through music it's a wrap. Totally. It's, yeah, it's gone. I was like, no more soccer practice. Right. No more. Did you figure that yeah. out at 10? Or did it take uh, a minute? No, I probably figured that out about 13. Mm. Like, or tw- when, did, when did Kirk Cobain die? 93? No, five, 94. 94. So I was 14. Four. I remember figuring it out. I remember the moment I figured it out. Yeah. Because I was doing an art class 
and they were like, you got to do a portrait of, of somebody. And I took that photo of him sitting in the studio with his hand on his face mm. right after he died. I think it was a cover of Rolling Stone. Mm. And I, it was a black and white photo and I tried to like draw it, you know, or paint it or whatever. And I remember like being in the art class and being like, and something struck me at that moment that like, you can like, this guy is gone that's, that created like art for a living. And mm. that, that dawned on me at that moment, whereas he didn't look that different than my friends, mm. you know? And I was like, this is the guy who made the flannels that my parents dressed me in. <laughs> they had holes in them. Cool. Like, I used to get made fun of. Mm. And then next year, er, the, the kids in school were, were stopped making fun of me, and they thought I looked cool. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute. Something's in here. And then I just, I hauled away. It was mm. it, gone. I was out. Mm. Friends could care less. Party could care less. Nothing. Nothing was more important than you focused. Yeah, big with, time. With your mom's blessing, kind of. Oh, really? Oh. Well, she she wasn't like hundred <laughs> like percent. She was she was in. She was into it. Like she was she was into it. But but Cautious, I don't think maybe. she was more like you're not really gonna do that mm. for a career. Like she was like didn't want me to get disappointed. She almost didn't believe it could be done. Probably. She well, I mean, averages would say yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's not. She'd be like, not, it doesn't mean she's a monster for right. for having doubts. <laughs> she's a monster. She's a monster. <laughs> I loved your mom until this moment. She's a monster. I thought Jesus she said had, have faith. I thought Jesus said have faith. <laughs> yeah, you have little <laughs> faith, mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, yeah, can you hear? Yeah, yeah that was my mom. Jesus, <laughs> your mom got mad on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'll show you. Good chill. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, like, that was the thing. She was just like, I don't know, you know, if this is going to be cool. And then we had a real talk when I was about 19, and I was like, yeah. I'm not going to college. You know, like, mm -hmm. I had gotten accepted to school, and I was like, maybe I'll go, you know, do do art, and, and that's what I'll do. And uh, and then it was like, I don't want to do this. I want to be in a band. Yeah. And she was like, whoa, you need to get a skill, son. Mm. You know, you got to eat. And I was just like, all right, um... <laughs> And then, you know, but she still supported me. Mm. And then, like, and my stepdad, too, he, he went out, and I had this, like, clunker guitar, and, like, I was going on tour with my friend's band filling in, and, like, the, one of the frets sunk the night before we were leaving. My, and my stepdad marched me right out to that Sam Ash, uh -huh. and he's like, which one? And I picked one, and it was, a, like, a black Les Paul. Like, right. I don't even know how much it cost. And he was like, you're paying me back. <laughs> but for now. That's awesome. He's, yeah, he's like, you're working this off. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like, but for now, you're leaving tomorrow. Like you Go do it. Good parent, like good upbringing. Yeah, it was pretty supportive. Yeah, like, you know. But on, on another level, though, because I just know for myself where my crazy drive came from songwriting and all that, and needing to like succeed in this and like you know that whole thing. I do throw that focus like mm -hmm. you're talking about. But I know for me, that did not necessarily come from a nice place. Yeah, I don't think mine did either. Right. Because I think that I was trying to please the dad that wasn't around. Right. Which that's <laughs> ding, like. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And that, that, my friends, <laughs> is the thorn in the flesh. Right. So, the unsolvable wound. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. The God sized hole. Right. Yeah. So, the drive did not come from a holy place no you know i mean that but it's that's a mix what though isn't yeah, it it's they, a mix of like support and also complete abandonment yeah that is like 
the best ingredients for a future rock and roll superstar. Right. <laughs> they like, said that either the mother it, dies early or the father doesn't like you. Either, yeah. <laughs> Bound to be famous. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Hi guys. Hey, I'm Joseph. I got your recipe right here, son. Check. Yep. The book is written. Nice. We're good. Yeah. yeah. So that's what the deal is. Yeah. Spent a lot of money on therapy, fellas. Yeah. You know? I you, le- learned a few things. Yeah. Are you still doing that? Uh, not so much. Not so much. Like I, I feel like. You know, the kids are taking over that. Yeah. You know, as far they're they're pretty good therapy, opening your eyes to stuff. But uh, yeah. I probably still, you know, would check in from now and now and then. I I, I check in, but yeah, not like daily, like I was doing. You know, right. daily. How many kids do you have? Two. Two. Yeah. Nice. So, what, boy and a girl. Or? Yeah, boy seven and a girl three and a half. Right about to be four. Wow. wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah, but uh, you know, they're they're fun too. They, I don't know it. They, it, it, they, strangely enough, gave a huge like boost to my life. Mm. Being like, because most people, like you know, I didn't have a dad, so I didn't know what to do. But I knew exactly what to do because I had my mom and my grandmother, and like, I was just like, oh yeah, like you guys are now. Now I have a reason beyond success or failure to be alive and have a purpose mm. like i have a purpose now that doesn't matter what xyz magazine says about my latest song right and that gave me freedom yeah. oh, which that's interesting. is very good so uh, not entirely was, but it was liberating very ultimately. much yeah because like now you you're you know i would always put my worth in the work that i out was putting out because yeah. obviously you're trying to please this intangible thing um that you don't have mm-hmm. so which will never be satisfied and then now i have an alternate purpose and i was like okay wait a minute now i've i can do something that matters to the future that has really nothing to do with me and i was like that is all right mm. yeah that's cool yeah how did it how did you get um sort of discovered how did that first happen to you like, um, or when did success come in or how did that come about well i don't think in the beginning we just we literally <laughs> we were making cds ourselves like at, at we took the drummer had a job at the Rutgers newspaper mm-hmm. late at night so he would do the, the newspaper and i i took a job he, he said hey, you, you come work at the i'll give you 10 bucks an hour you come work at this thing at night it's like 11 to 1 in the morning i was like done i'm there and, and he, I, all I got to do, I was supposed to shift the words into the columns. That was my job, kerning. And and I would be like, okay. Kerning? Yeah, they call it kerning. <laughs> like getting the words to fit in the columns. You know how like you read a newspaper and uh-huh. all the words are in a column and oh, they're, okay. they're even? Yeah. Yeah, that's somebody's job. Really? Yeah. They don't just have a computer program nah. that does that shit? Uh-uh. No, you got to think about it? Yeah. Wow. And it's, Microsoft yo, Word back and then? And it ain't, it ain't, it ain't Word easy. Word 97? No. So, like, I've so never heard that word before. Yeah, but what we figured out is we were, like, looking around the room, and we're like, there's about nine computers in here, all with CD drives. Like, I ain't got a computer. Check this out. This is going to get faster. Mm-hmm. So we start burning our demo. Making the printouts. To, sorry to Rutgers, you know, about all this. But uh, mm-hmm. we'd start making the printout, making the thing. There's some Robin Hood type yeah. shit right here. And we just went. Mm-hmm. And we were like, yo, we're, we're buying this dirty van. 
and we're we're going and we're calling people in the phone book and booking shows. And this called this is the gaslight anthem. Yeah. Is, okay. So we we did. And how the old thing. were you here? Twenty four or twenty five. Oh, okay. So you you've know? been like alive on planet Earth for a bit. <laughs> yeah. No, because I remember when I was I didn't I got signed about twenty five. Yeah. And I remember thinking then too, like, because I was working minimum wage jobs. I never went to college either. That type of shit. And I was like, is this gonna like I'm gonna kill myself if this doesn't work, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, yeah. what, I'm not gonna work minimum wage right. jobs forever. Yeah, it was not like, not good. Yeah, so like by 24, 25, you can start panicking already. Oh yeah, I was in full panic mode. <laughs> oh okay, good. But yeah, and so yeah. was everybody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full my, panic. my mom was in panic mode. Stepdad's everybody, in panic mode. My yeah. friends are like, in panic mode. When are you gonna get a job? They would say. My right. friends would say that to me. Did you have any popularity at all, or was it just like None. complete pipe dream at that? Totally. Total pipe dream. Right. And were so, you writing good songs? I thought so. Yeah, but you were, though. Like, seriously, yeah. probably. You probably were, right? Yeah, I, mean. I, think, I think that we all sort of said, like, okay, this is something different. This, mm -hmm. is, this is good. And, yeah. So there was belief. There was. And then we, we went and pursued it, like, just went for it. And that took... Were you getting... Sorry to interrupt, but were no, you okay. getting people coming up, like... Did you get any like positive affirmations, like people like outsiders going like, "Damn, you guys are fucking good." Yeah, like, at the we played uh, at the Court Tavern mm -hmm. in New Brunswick, and it started to get more people in there, and they started to get rowdy. Mm -hmm. And I'd never experienced this from the stage. I had been in a show, but not not myself. The spirit of rock and roll was coming through. It was big time, and like you could see, every show we played, it got bigger and bigger, and we were like. We kept seeing the flyer. That was I remember having that conversation where our name kept going up the flyer. The you know, font higher. Got bigger and yeah. Bigger. yeah. The font yeah. got bigger and we were like, "Okay, this is something happening mm -hmm. here." And then we were just like, "Let's wreck it all. We're going on tour." Mm. Bad idea. So, we just did we started doing that in like But you booked your own tour all the time. Many tours by ourselves. Yeah, yeah. We just booked them. And we just went out and started playing in like libraries legion halls bars like weird spots like and we just no venues there was no venue and and we played and played and played and then um it you know it it was funny because it didn't take like that long uh like maybe a year a little over a year or two and then um we got a call from this band fake problems uh in florida and they were on tour with against me and we went to see them and we were like yo against me like that's the most famous band ever mm -hmm. you know to us it was yeah and then like about six months later we got a call from their manager and was like yo we want to go on tour with you against like, me yeah. yeah so they took us out on tour and we were like this is it and we just did it and that that was the first moment no deal yet no we i, I think we like a friend of ours was putting on our records like okay. so not like a real deal like guy in his garage had a label so that was like probably like the first time you felt like you kind of were making it yeah maybe so that was the that was the first real time for us where we were like oh this might be happening mm. you know like there's people mm. so this is cool it's a real fucking what's, band taking what's that, what size venues were you playing at that point well they were playing we were still playing dumps but, right but they were playing they were on that record new wave mm -hmm. so they had just signed to a major label and they were they had that song on the radio everything was big for them it's a big tour that's they were playing like thousand seaters yeah real deal. and so you were playing in front of thousands of people yeah about a thousand people every night that's 800 and to how were they receiving people. you not that good but like <laughs> the, there would be 50 kids that'd be like that's cool 
Okay. So, and I was like, 50 is good. Yeah. Let's do 51. And then that's that's kind of how it, it went. For, Interesting. We were first to three, so we were like, you know, nobody really paid attention to us. Oh, okay. But we, you know, th- I think just the fact, I always have this rule where it's not about the show at the festival. It's just about being on the poster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having your name on the poster, <laughs> like, does more good. Yeah. Because then, like, magazines started mm-hmm. to be like, who's this band? You know, like online magazines. Or Where'd you get the name? From the uh, the the venue in New York, that where Bob Dylan played. Oh, okay. That's I was throwing it always back to the folk thing, where yeah. I I looked up uh, where where did Bob Dylan play his first show in in New York City, and it was at the Gaslight Cafe, mm. and I was like, hmm, songwriters go to share their ideas. Gaslight Anthem sounds cool, and that was it. So that's, like, that's great. yeah, I think Benny had the anthem, and I had he said the anthem. He said we should be the anthem. And I was like, ah, this, this sounds like a Tide detergent, something like that. And now gaslighting has a whole other thing, too. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I, I've been saving that for a tweet. I go, for, yeah. I go, the feeling when you name your band and then it becomes an abuse tactic <laughs> 20 years later. Yeah. that's It's a crazy abuse yeah, tactic. I know. It is a crazy abuse tactic. And it's like, it, <laughs> it is. That takes effort, too. You got to be like a sadistic individual to sort of. You well, know, you have like, to not have dreams, and you you have you had to have created a false self, and sort of given up on your authentic self, and so therefore you you get your energy source off of the uh, the sort of uh, angst of another. That's a weird vibe. It's weird, but it happens to humans, and you have to also then give empathy to people that are in that predicament because they're lost in a predatory state even though they can be very dangerous yeah. so and especially if you're unaware that that people do this type of shit that yeah. this is like human humanity like once you become aware of it and you start seeing it and how it plays out you become less susceptible to it but if you're a yeah. people pleaser and you are completely clueless to things like gaslighting and stuff like that you it can ruin your life. Yeah, it can kill you. It's bad. Yeah. So, but anyway, Gaslight it, Anthem is still a great band name. The, the <laughs> Dixie Chicks that. just put out a new single called Gaslight. I know. Oh, really? It came out yesterday. And I was like, yeah. I, it's a pretty good song. Yeah, I, I've I been a fan of this for a long yeah. time. It's interesting. And yeah. I was like, oh man. I was like, did, why did this have to be the you, one word? Do you know what, where it <laughs> came coming, from? What? Where the term gaslighting came from? The movie, the right? The movie gaslighting. Yeah. yeah gaslight. Yeah. People used to ask me, like, did you name it after the movie? I was like, yeah. I've never even seen the movie. Right. And then I looked up the movie, and I was like, that's terrible. I don't want to name anything after that. Yeah. And then uh, then it uh, it kind of, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an odd thing. It's un- like Sometimes I always wonder, like, do you know, is there any, like, there's got to be somebody out there who's like i can't believe i didn't ban that come on we didn't name our band after no, that i mean the 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 terminology that needs to change is the terminology gaslighting it needs to be called something more severe i think because i, I think the whole terminology around mpd abuse is terrible i mean what's e- mpd narcissistic personality oh. disorder those oh, are the, those are the people that employ thing tactics like such as gaslighting are called narcissistic but not there's healthy narcissism so there can be like like to make art you have to have healthy amounts of healthy narcissism obviously (laughs) yeah (laughs) but but then so but also narcissism also means anything from like 
you know, engaging in healthy narcissism, making records, doing a fucking podcast. That's healthy narcissism. <laughs> I like it. All the way the to podcast. like trying to dismantle another and put them in their an early grave. That's also called narcissism. So I think like the 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 language around narcissism needs updated. So hopefully Gaslight will, I don't know, become, I, I don't know, a, a more sort of definitive version of what it is, which is like, Basically lying to another person. Yeah. It's kind of lying, but in a manipulative, really creepy way. Yeah. That's hard you to know? do. Especially like if you don't know, you know, like that you're that you're in a thing like that. that. You, you, yeah, because the whole thing is it's supposed to be a mutual you think you're engaged in a mutual loving relationship, but one person is engaged in a battle to put you down. Yeah, where you, that's the whole point. Is it's not, it's not, it's not on the level. The, that's how it works. Yeah, because you, the thing that bothers me, that kind of gives me like the creeps about that, is the, like, I've spent a lot of time in my own life trying to figure out which, you know, like not like voices or anything, but like the thoughts in your head, like which are accurate about you. Uh -huh. So like a lot of the times, like I have a difficult time telling, like, like what I said about people like complimenting me, it's, it, I don't, it's hard to separate like why, what are my, what, like, is this, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I selfishly doing this? Am I pandering to someone? Like, why am I doing this? Like, what am I, am I uh, like being honest with myself? Like, you know, and my motives are like a thing that this is something that I struggle with. Like, and I wind it up in my head a lot. Mm. And, um, the, the thought that, that, that really bothers me the most about this whole thing and is the idea that you can live in a state where you question what your your reality is like whether mm. this is you know like like we've had a conversation and i will leave with an impression mm -hmm. and i'll be like that joe Spar, that was a good conversation mm -hmm. but then if if you tell me oh yeah i don't know man you you came off kind of like weird and mm. you came off like really selfish and like you know kind of bitter mm. and i was like really wait did i really mm. that that gives me the chills like to my yeah. core because you were we in the same room yeah and how feeling? do you yeah. oh because people you're talking about people that do that yeah type of shit? Like, because yeah yeah because well, how do you combat that yeah you can like i'm a person who's you, not sure if if somebody's out to fuck with you yeah there is no combating it there because any energy you give to it is them winning so if you if you if you give them energy like they're the only winning is going no contact and leaving that person behind. That's the only winning. There's no winning if somebody's angle is that because yeah. they're <clears throat> it's I don't, what's the analogy? It's like there are there it's their whole angle is to upset you. So right. any energy that they can get out of you is winning. Why them. is that fun though? It's, like, not, it's not. It's it's like, it's it's showing that they're in a state of pure. They're in hell. Oh. They're not happy. Like they're yeah, not. They're they're not. They don't have the gift of something like songwriting of some kind of passion. It doesn't have to be songwriting. It could be anything that gives you a sense of purpose. They don't have that, and so they're they're motivated i think primarily by envy and 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 there's a lot of toxic buildup that comes out that must be 
translated and also they they're they're also unable to deal with their own toxic shame so what they do is they project shame outwardly onto like you then they will provoke you until you act shamefully and then that will verify to them like see you're the one that's ashamed. It's a weird human psychological trip. <laughs> wow. No, that's what it is. Yeah. That it, and I had to study it a lot because I was affected by it in a tremendous way for a long period of time until it almost did kill me. And then I, like, I learned about it and I studied it for a long time. This is, uh, yeah. And then that's, you know, and it's been a rebuilding of my life ever since then. Yeah, that's scary. But then also at the same time, I practice Ho'oponopono, which is like the idea that your responsibility for everything in your field of consciousness. So like, and you don't want to like remain a victim of anything. You want to know that like you, you, each of us is responsible for the our own like universe basically, and everything that happens within it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that. I what don't know it? that either. Called? It's a theory. Oh no, no, no. What's it called? Oh, Ho'oponopono, the mantra. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Oh yeah, I've seen you write that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's like the idea is that like if if you uh, I don't know that you if you have a problem with somebody else, you sort of apply that mantra to to them and in your own self, and you sort of like resolve it and let it go so that you can live out of inspiration. That's cool. Rather than from memory. Yeah. But I don't know. But so, yeah. I don't know if you've dealt with any of that stuff. I'm floored right now. <laughs> Probably not aware. Many things I'm going to have to Google when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> This is, yeah. No, but I don't know if you've probably dealt with narcissism to a degree and people gaslighting yeah. you and all that kind of stuff. And we, There's a lot of, you <laughs> there's know, a lot of characters. Relationships. I'm, sure, I'm sure you've come through. <laughs> There's a lot. There's yeah. a like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Ah, <woo>! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. Well, it's yeah. It's been a thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, I think that there's a lot. I was under the very very mistaken uh, assumption in the beginning, and I think that a lot of us were going out and playing in music and whatever that like. Sure, people were out to make money and whatever, mm-hmm. and they try to get you to do things, you know. But, like, I think even in the relationships that were around, because of, when you get in that constant state of, of movement, of tour, and, and that level where you're just going all the time, there is no home life, you do not have friends anymore, mm-hmm. and you're isolated in this speeding metal can shooting down the road, mm-hmm. that the amount of things that I thought were true then that I come to realize now were completely insignificant things. Mm, like I, what? Like, oh, you have to do this thing. You got to stay here to, or you lose your whole career. Or like you have to fly to this one-off show or you have to do this thing and go. Basically, like you have to go until far past your point where you're like, dude, I need to sleep for a month. Mm-hmm. That is not, you're no longer considered. I need to rest on that, that seventh day. Big time. <laughs> like you're, that need, even if you say, yo, I'm dying here. Mm-hmm. Like that's not okay. Right. Or it is, it's okay, but it's, it's not, it's not, it's like, yeah, okay. And I think that that kind of comes, even to like, it's a, it's a weird thing where I might, I might get in trouble for saying this, but the, you, there's a weird thing that like I've experienced sometimes where 
there's a point like a little bit of a ping pong game going on sometimes when you're doing like certain you I'm sure you've experienced this in there's certain interviewers and they're not many but where they hear you in places with statements that are completely inappropriate for a stranger to engage you about mm. and what I find is that if somebody did that to my daughter I'd be across that table mm. and we'd be fighting <laughs> because mm. I would be like you can't say that to me mm. because I'm having an emotional freak out because you just dropped that on the table and yet this is a game for you like this is not a game but it's like a is that like why aren't you big enough why aren't you bigger or those kinds of no nah, i mean it's just like uh, uh like yeah or like uh, you know even more personal than that just like other things where they like put you on the spot i've seen people do it time and time again like where you, you to like taylor swift mm. you know and i'm like i'm like a like i like taylor swift but i'm not like really involved in like what she her her whole thing yeah whatever but like the people will say things to you, and I took this really personal for a lot of years, and I didn't know. I'm like, what did I do? Like, why did I, why? Like, I'm trying to make music, and I get it. If Yo, if you don't like the music, and you mm. don't like the song, you're like, yo, that song's not good. Cool. <laughs> but, like, why, like, what did I do? Okay, because a lot of times, and it goes back to what I was just saying before, like, a lot of, a lot of people are just trying to get an emotional reaction out of somebody that they admire, but I'm not your toy, just like you're not my toy. <laughs> but I'm you just know what saying, I'm saying? Like, like, we're just, human beings. Yeah, but there's like a lot of humans are just like completely lost and like don't have. <laughs> That's not have, cool. I know. It's yeah. not. I'm not backing them, but I'm just saying. Yeah. It is like. I feel you. You know what I mean? Like. I feel like maybe I wasn't like, I, I wasn't like, <laughs> people go, are like, go you got to have thicker skin. And look and at I'd a Robert like, Downey Jr. interview where the dude asks him about his father. Or, and and he picks at him just like you're describing, and Downey looks at him. He's like, "What, what are we doing here?" Like, and, and, and yeah. he just like walks the like he's big enough to say, "Dude, yeah, fuck you, I'm out." Yeah, he just bail. But that's what I'm yeah. talking about. Like, yeah, he's big those, enough to be like those later. uncomfortable, yeah. where it's just you know, yeah, just like Joe said, just to get that reaction and put you off, so the yeah. interviews may be more interesting right. to them. <laughs> yeah, or you know, <laughs> I'm gonna set you on fire and see what happens. Yeah. But like People I don't do think that, this is though. unique to People me. Do that. Yeah, like I think this is a common thing. That, it's like, common. It's kind of yeah. like this is a little off, you know. People do that on all walks of life. Yeah. I mean, there's times you can go to a coffee shop and <laughs> and somebody will throw you like the most harshest, <laughs> gnarly energy, like yeah. just taking your coffee order, and you'll just be like, "Wait, what the fuck?" Yeah. But you know, like you know, I used to confront. All of those. I used to be a conf confrontation machine. I really? To, oh, Try dude. crossing the border with Bro, this guy. <laughs> like, I used to. No, I used to. It used to oh, that's like, another uh, story. Into Canada. Like uh, oh. Eckhart Tolle talks about that. You're like tapping into your pain bodies and stuff like that. Like where somebody can sort of egg you on and engage like an old pain body. Like say you're like abandonment issue from a kid thing or something and that rage from your inner child will come out in a current situation at somebody. I used to like do that all the time. Like I used Whoa. to be insane. Oh, <laughs> totally insane. Did you feel better? I feel like I no, internalized it. No, it would be terrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> like no, I'm not recommending it. Oh, okay. it, was, it was terrible. It was a terrible way of going through life. Well, let me say, keeping it inside and saying nothing has not done me any favors. Right. So, you know, because you explode and you're just like Right. Yeah. Like I think there was a like I remember like holding all this stuff in and at one point like mm. in my life being like 
it was almost like I heard an audible crack in my head. And uh-huh. I was just like, something broke. Right. And I was like, I hate everybody. Right. And then, like, it took a <laughs> lot of time to, like, rain back from that to, like, you know. And I, I think that, you know, being a parent has helped with that. But I, I can, like, clearly remember a time in my life just where I was like, I like, I don't know. If the earth opened up and swallowed everyone, including me, I'd be cool mm. with it. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. No, like, that, dude, there's a lot of times I walk around like, coronavirus? I don't give a fuck. Give it to me. Let me die. Like, my brain will say shit like that. Yeah. Like, you know, then I'll be like, no, don't think that. Uh-uh. No, you don't want that. No, you don't. You know? But, yeah, like, there's there's a certain amount of that kind of, uh, what do you call it, nihilism that I think is important for an artist to have, though, when they're starting out. Wouldn't you agree yeah. with that? Like, a little of that, like... I don't care. I'm going to go for this, and if I and if it kills me, whatever. Yeah, you have to. You have to. All sense tells you that not to do it. Right. You so know. You have to be born with a little of that, like sort of big ego on some level, and also this like level of ego that you don't mind sacrificing everything towards this. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, if I think that I think about it a lot. If one of my kids was like, "I'm going to be a professional actor or mm-hmm. a musician," I'd be like, "Whoa!" Right. Okay, only because you know that the odds are not in your favor and the, the also the turmoil that you will experience and the rejection. Right. Like, how are you going to deal with that? But factoring it in with the, what we were just talking about with humanity, so many people have no passion, no direction. So just having a passion and a direction, that is success. That's true. That is compared to... You could just be going out, angling your days towards, let me see how I can get a rise out of this person. Yeah. Think of that. That's exhausting. It sounds exhausting, though. It's because, terrible, like, dude. Well, it's was, like hell on earth. It's like vampires. Oh, think of it's a similar. Emotional It's vampires. emotional vampire. It's the same thing. You think, it. you think Dracula loves the fact that he's got to constantly like drink other people's blood? <laughs> Dracula's always been kind of a sexy point for me. So you have to use another example. I always found Dracula very attractive. So I'm not with you there. Okay. But um, yeah, you know I do feel you. Yeah. I think that the I it's they it's need funny. the blood. They need the blood. Yeah. It's not like it's not a choice. That's why that's where forgiveness comes in. Yeah. They need the blood. It doesn't make them safe. It doesn't make them whatever. Yeah. But it makes them sort it enables you to have some bit of empathy and compassion for people that are overtly abusive like that. Yeah, that's tough. That's a that's a hard what is that, John? What is it, Joseph Arthur? What chapter of the Bible are you preaching from? I Joseph hear that. Joseph Arthur 7-7-7-7-17. <laughs> new, new, new King Arthur translation? New King Arthur translation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Y'all turn to your hymnals. So, okay, so you got, you're on this Against Me tour. Then, yeah. then, then what happened? Then we, uh, we put out uh, an EP. That, see, now their whole camp helped us out jordan was their tour manager mm-hmm. and he owned the sabbath records mm-hmm. and he put out an ep and then uh and then he got us a, a friend of his was a publicist for uh, uh named vanessa and she helped us sort of get out to the world and that was the first time like we did any like proper interviews and then that and us continuing the tour sort of grew and side one dummy took a notice and uh joe sib and bill armstrong really were you know instrumental excited. very excited got excited about you guys big time and they yeah. they were like this is we believe in this we mm-hmm. totally believe in it yeah and we were just like okay cool 
you know and we knew <coughs> how did that feel great that yeah. felt great because they that, were was that like excited. when you first like okay we're gonna fucking make it i thought so i well i yeah. had they had proof they had proof they had flogging molly gold records yeah and you're like gold records by a flogging molly yeah and, but sure enough yes five hundred thousand yeah. records sold and i looked at that and i said that's a punk band a punk band sold that many records on this label mm -hmm. they have a billboard outside on the building yeah i've never been on a billboard i'm signing to this label yeah because i was like this is everything you'd want in a major label yeah. that without all the like other stuff that we knew is just not the the do the move so it came through against me well yeah pretty much they were the nice. they're sort of the catalyst yeah and now i sort of have That's interesting it is it's cool yeah, it's cool and like for me i sort of look out now for like who cannot like i always take people that I like with the people that come on tour with me, like yeah. I always take people that maybe don't benefit me, but that maybe I could benefit them. Yeah. You know, and like I try to give that back because like it is hard to get noticed. Pay it for yeah. It. And when you could chant, you know, when you could champion someone else. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's, that's tight. Nobody that does tight. that. Yeah. It is tight. You know, you got to, mm -hmm. I still, that's the one Good thing karma, I took away. Too. Yeah. I guess. I hope so. Yeah, I took the way from the the punk scene. You know, growing up in the punk scene, the hardcore scene, like looking out for your your friends and the and the the people like in your community, and like just being like, yo, uh, this band's where I'm from. Like, or they're not from where I'm from, but they're from the same. They like the same music as me. Put them on a tour. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people they bring. Who cares? Yeah, you know, that's cool. Yeah. What were your hardcore influences back in the day? I mean, like. Early on, like the first one was always Minor Threat for everybody. So that was like the the early the early stuff. I never got into like. Did you like Fugazi? I I didn't until I was really? like thir like thirty three. I got I that that didn't happen for me. I was like, I don't get it. I'm like it's so angular. Why do, I don't get the chords and the no. I, like I was like, well now I do. One, two, three. It's really good. <laughs> I was in yeah. now, but like yeah. my my friend got me into them. He was like, he made me like sit down in a hotel room in like Florida, and he was like, check this out. Played me all their records, and I was like, oh, it's not bad. Mm. But uh, yeah, like when I was young, it was just like those those and then local band, all the local bands, you know, oh, like from sick. here. Sick of it all. Yeah, like sick of it all, and like even like when I was, I remember when I remember being in high school and doing like I was in shop class, and we were doing like some work on i don't know what we we're building but one of my friends was like yo i got this this ep from this band from new york it was madball and he put it on and i was just like i was like this is pretty cool i like this i want to smash this place up and like that like local stuff was like the music that i really like got into because to me like i liked the clash and i liked the like the new york dolls and all these bands but like the, the, they were so far like they might like to me the Buzzcocks it was the same as Bruce Springsteen it was just giant rock stars I didn't right. know whether they were famous or not and so I would just go to my tangible show going experience of New Jersey Philly and, and New York and maybe DC if I yeah. got a ride and and so that's how I kind of developed uh, in Your that style. scene and like figured out yeah like what I wanted to do and I would see bands like at Coney Island High, I would see um, like like bands like the U.S. Bombs would come there, or like Social Distortion, and that kind of showed me like, oh, you could kind of have like, kind of sounds like a punk Rolling Stones, you mm -hmm. know? And I was like, this is cool, because then it, it bridged the gap between like, like rock and roll and, and yeah, folk and then also punk. Yeah, because I mean, definitely yeah. the, those those early bands did that for me, because I couldn't 
you know, you, you, could, I, you had to sort of get permission in my, I had to get permission, I felt like, musically to do that and not just be one or the other, like a folk band or a punk band. So to, to me, permission to what, be in, in between? myself, yeah, like I had to find permission how'd to be you, in between. Uh, how'd you find it? Social D. That was the, oh, the permission. Okay. Social you know? D gave you the permission. Yeah. I saw Mike on there on, on like 120 minutes or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, I was like, yo, that I don't want to fight that guy, but I, I, I listened to his music. A light bulb went off. Big time. Yeah. So I heard Story of My Life, that song. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm in. What do you think makes a great song? I think like a lot of things. I mean, but I think that having something obviously that resonates with people, but also like a good melody that is propelling itself forward Mm -hmm. at all times. I think that that's important. A lot of songs lag and they lag like in the right from the get-go sometimes they lag and they just stay dead in the water Mm. and melodically you mean yeah or even like you know not even tempo wise but like just there has to be something propelling the song whether it's an interesting phrase or whatever or an intro and one thing that brendan o'brien said to me when we were making a record with him he said he goes i think the song should be instantly recognizable as unique in the first second that it comes on Wow. And he said that to me, and I was like, how am I going to do that? In the first second. Yeah, like right away. <laughs> One. Boom, it has to be instantly recognized. First note. And he, goes, mean, he goes, well, Hard Day's Night. The best and he gave me all a Pearl Jam, Jeremy. I was like, oh. Oh, one second. I gotta, I gotta give it the one second test. Well, I mean, when you hear boom, I mean, like within the first like three seconds, three seconds, the first note of round here, dude, round here, in, I'm in. You know, I liked what you were doing on Instagram where you were like calling out albums that you liked and maybe ones that would surprise people as maybe not the coolest ones because I'm like same way, man. I like. I like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I like the Counter Crows. I like all kinds of shit Me like too. that too. I don't think you so can always cool. be cool. Yeah, no, it's cool that you let that and you sort of out s- there like yeah. that. some I lyrics like that. also into your songs. Yeah, from County Crows sort of in, in reverse. Yeah, and also live, you you insert some clash or mm-hmm. you you play around with things. Is that just on the fly? Well, that came from my mom with the folk songs because she always told me, she would be like, so here's the traditional song from the hymn. This is where Woody Guthrie took the same melody and changed the words. This is where Bob Dylan stole that. This is where this person referenced that. And so to me, music has always been a cycle. Like I, I always look at it foolishly maybe sometimes, but that we're all in this together. Like all of the musicians that have ever existed are, are we're all, all the writers, all the artists, we're, they're all in the same we're in a circle that, that continues and none of us are original. And it's all this thing that we're getting from somewhere else. Because if you sit there and tell me that you're doing it of yourself, I challenge you to sit down and write a song right now that's as good as like the times they are changing. That was divine inspiration of whatever kind of mm-hmm. divinity you want to claim it for. Right. That did not happen because Bob Dylan was worked hard enough. You know? That's not why it happened. Mm. He, it, it, it was striking it, lightning. Mm. And you cannot control that. And I think that we're all so... So we're all hoping, if we're honest with ourselves, because I write songs for a living, like you do too. Like we're all in this. You know you sit at your desk most of the time and you're like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I forget how to do it. I've done it a hundred times, but I don't know how to do it today. And it, it, it happens. And when it happens and it's lightning, you know, you know, mm. and, and it strikes a chord with people that you can't control that Mm-mm. or else we would do it all the time. Yeah, that's true. So I think that we're all in it together. So I would borrow things in, in, in the same sense of tradition. Yeah, like it's like 
Let's just, just I'm going to tell somebody else about this thing that I'm inspired by. Yeah, I'm yeah. pumped about it. You mm-hmm. know, that's the first time I heard about you when you took that Maria came from Nashville. I was like, yeah. who is this? <laughs> it, was ex- it was not a popular decision among the band <laughs> at the time. Right, which is yeah. weird. I was like, yo, was I like original, Counting I Crows, man. And I learned it from hip hop. That's what I learned. Tribe Called Quest. They, you know, they would Sample. talk about, yeah, how his dad like was talking to him, said it reminded him of, of, of Bebop, you know, he was listening to Michael Jackson. And I was like, well, why not for me too? That's yeah. a hip hop thing that I learned. And I was just like, well, I could, I, yeah, there's some other music I want to tell you about. I like that though. We're all in this together. Yeah, that concept is good. Mm-hmm. You know, because it can be sort of competitive or this, that, and the other. I guess to like to get your voice out there, there there can be like a sense of competition about it. But I think the older you get, the more you become. I don't know. I feel like I become more like, yeah, we're all in this together. Like less sort of ego to ego driven in some kind of way. Yeah, but. The ego that was driving me before, there was something good about it, too. Sure. And he's kind of disappeared a little bit. I feel which that. Which is, like, more peaceful, <laughs> but I'm less ambitious. Yeah, you know, I Because it's kind of like I'll write a song sometimes and be like, should I record this one? I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go watch TV. Right? Like, Cagney and Lacey's you know, on. Cagney and Lacey's on again. Cagney and Lacey. Like, whereas, like, when you're younger, you're just, like, the drive. It's like, you know, you're on a mission. Yeah. It's militant. Yeah. So did you, like... Did you ever like you? You're you're kind of linked up with Bruce Springsteen a little bit yeah. too, right? How did that happen? Well, he he showed up. <laughs> he sh- just showed up. Showed up. He didn't really call or like leave a message or anything. He just right. showed up. He and, showed like, up. Yeah. What, came to a gig. Yeah, we were playing Glastonbury and we were like on the tent that, and no one would have ever heard about that show if it wasn't for him. Like yeah. we weren't. Like, there, let there be no mistake that we were not. We would have been forgotten like the the wind. I mean, Florence and the Machine were on that bill. But Glastonbury, if you're on Glastonbury, you've made it. You fucking do, <laughs> you're doing something right. Really? Okay. Yeah, dude, that's a hard festival to get in. Okay. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would agree. But yeah. I, I, the significance of these things sometimes right. sometimes is a little like it can come and go. I'm not sure what it means. You know? Right. No, it can mean nothing. Yeah, I mean, it I guess mean, you could have gotten it. It can mean forgotten. a lot. It can mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 10 a.m. slot yeah. on stage C. Exactly. So he just like, well, so first of all, all these cop cars roll up and there's sirens and we're like, so I look out and I go, what did you guys do? Cause I knew that something was up. I was like, this is not okay. I'm like, this Which morning, you guys? Yeah, cause I knew that this morning I was playing Glastonbury and this evening I'm going to jail in England. Right. And, and, and then, and, and then out comes like all these black cars and I was like, dude, this is not good. <laughs> And and then out comes Bruce Springsteen, and I'm like, Wow, this really isn't good. <laughs> I was like, What? what Bruce this? Springsteen's gonna arrest me? Yeah, this I is like, fucked up. <laughs> this dream is getting weirder all the time. I'm looking at him walking towards me, and I'm going, Me? What is this? I go, What is going on? Like, what? What did I do? And like, Did you have any like? like sense that nah. Bruce knew anything about you before that nah. moment? Uh-uh. Wow! Does that no. throw you off? Yeah, yeah, throws you off a little bit, <laughs> probably. So, um, so inevitably, like, so he comes up and like he goes, "Do you want?" He goes, "Can I play a song with you?" I was like, "Are you asking?" Yeah, we're good. And he goes, "He's like, yeah." He's like, "I think I know that Fifty Nine Sound song." And in my head, I'm like, "Or he goes, no, I want to play that Fifty Nine Sound song with you. Do you have a guitar?" And I go, well, "You have a guitar." Like you got a couple, and then I said, <laughs> my first response to him was, "Do you know it?" Like, 
not yes. Yeah, it was yeah. do you know it? And I'm not sure why I asked him that, but that's yeah. what, you know, you don't plan for these things. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> I wanted to know if he had it makes rehearsed sense. the Also, tune. like, do you know it? Like, also, it's like, you know, like, you're kind of like, I feel like that's you checking in with reality for a second going like, wait, right. let me, let me get my head around this. Yeah. Like, you know, did like, you learn this You're song? biding your time in a way too. Like, yeah. Just like, well, yeah, you're sure. Getting your head around it. Like, you know, just throwing a question out there. Right. Like, yeah. So he said yes. And I said, okay. And then we did not rehearse or talk. Right. We walked to the stage. Wow. Like it was literally like five seconds before showtime. Did he say like, "Hey, I'm a fan of your band," anything like that, or is just not like, really? He just manifests no. himself and he's like, yeah. "I want to play." Like smoke, like Prince, right? Comes up in smoke, and you're like, "All right." And then uh, he comes out, and then uh, and then he says, "Like, do you want to play with us later?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> and that was 190 thousand people in front of me. Wow! And I go. All right. And what did you play with him? No Surrender. Wow. And he, uh, we did that. And I was like. Did he ask you if you knew it? He did. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. I said, I know, I know it very well. Yeah. I'll be good. I don't need the lyrics. Right. right. And, uh, and, and we did it. And then we did it the next night at uh, that Hard Rock Calling thing. Uh, and then Hyde Park? Yeah, Hyde Park, yeah. Fucking hell. And, uh, and, then, and then from that, that was kind of it. Man. So. <laughs> That's amazing. You have to do it it's two totally days amazing. in a row. And what, yeah. and what was the what was life like after that? Did uh, things shift or what? Yeah, big time. Like, like what? Well, then, well, immediately we had lovers and haters, uh -huh. and that was the first time that we. Oh, you had some active haters oh, come coming in. Massive haters. We got so many new fans and so many new haters. People got an immediate love and chip on their shoulder about us without us saying a word and what do you think yeah. of that i thought that some of it was awesome you and i thought that some it. of it sucked there's no though. such thing as bad did press it, did i was like hurt you <laughs> like the, the nah. haters hurt your feelings or did big time you, or, big time oh, yeah. big time big time because yeah, that shit dude, affects me too the, the, man i can't lie no nah, i can't either and the thing yeah. to me is like the thing that sucked the most is that like bruce was sacred to me Mm -hmm. I was like, this is my mom's music. Mm -hmm. I was like, this man and his band of gypsies went out in the world mm -hmm. and proved that you could be from New Jersey and have nothing and make something. Yeah. He gave us the courage to sort of like the patron saint of like people who didn't go to college. Mm -hmm. And we followed this, you know, uh, not we, I, the band, my, the guys in the band, they didn't care about Bruce Springsteen. I cared about Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, you guys, this is, a, this is the way forward. And, uh, you know, we we did this thing, and like, and then it, and then it, it was it was good and bad. Mm. Um, but but Bruce has always been good to me, and the fans that loved us, man, they really loved it, and they were they were like a treasure. But he's been so cool to me for so long, mm. so cool. Yeah, he does what you say, pays it forward, where he sees an artist that he likes and he helps their career. Like we did it with Jesse Mallon and with Willie Nile and with you, where he ushers people to the front yeah selflessly he, very very much so it's very 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 cool but then you, you do see that side where people get jealous you know and they're like like why do you think you deserve that i'm like don't deserve this like this guy bestowed the the crown jewel upon our heads i don't there's nothing i can do to deserve right. that you know mm -hmm. what i mean like this is the guy. I don't know about you, but this is the guy. This is my Paul McCartney right here. Yeah. I heard you, know? you talk about him and say, like, you, one of the things you liked about was how he sort of, I don't know how you put it, but, like, how 
it was interesting the way you put it like his music was like he was like corralling all this chaos or something or did he, you say something like that? I don't know. I don't yeah. mind. If it's good, I said it. If yeah. it's bad, it I didn't great. say it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That was definitely yeah, me then. Yeah, You're it was welcome. Great. Yeah. I said that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess he does. Definitely has like the rock and roll spirit. That that those chaotic that chaotic energy is around him. Yeah, but I'm he sort sure. of like puts it all together in a way that's really just genius. I guess. But one of a kind, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, really, I think that's once in an era. Yeah. I guess when he was younger, maybe you said that he was really worried about imagery in his songs. I think that's something I probably read or yeah. something like that, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know. And he's an yeah. ambassador for New Jersey. Did you check ambassador. out the, the... You kind of are, too. A little bit. I, yeah, I, I yeah, like you're this becoming little state. I, I love the, my little state. Yeah. So that's good. Many things to be had at, in New Jersey. Yeah. I'm from Akron, Ohio, so we kind of like we, we can relate. That's cool. Yeah, similar. That's good. Afghan Whigs country. Yeah, yeah. Right? that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm getting ready to go on tour with them, provided that, that we uh, provided this coronavirus <laughs> doesn't fuck everything up. Oh right, the canceling. Yeah. People are canceling dates now. Yeah. Is your tour going through, or do you know anything? Well, like, as far as I know. Joe's talking about Europe first. He's, he has a European Europe, leg yeah. with okay. Greg Dooley on his solo album. Okay. Yeah, coming, up, coming right album. up, actually. Yeah, so yeah same. I'm supposed to leave like, talk uh, Wednesday. talk being like, mm, I don't know. We'll oh, see. really? Yeah, yeah, because the flights and all that. And oh, right. You know what I mean? People are freaked out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I guess I can, I can understand. I don't know Yeah. what to think about that. I don't either. Because what feel, are you going to do? Do you feel proud about Jersey? Like when, let's say, Asbury Park now is like completely revamped. Do, do you feel you have a, a, a stake in it all? Like you're, you're involved and responsible for some of it? I don't know if I feel responsible for it, but I feel, I feel Bruce is responsible for it. And <laughs> I feel that uh, I'm proud because like when we were kids, you know, like you go to the boardwalk and like, I remember my mom being like, yo, you can't go on the beach. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? It's the beach. She'd be like, no, there's needles in there. Mm. And there'd be needles in the, in the, in the sand. And you know, like little kids were getting like stepping on needles and you'd just mm. be like, you know, they'd be like shut down. No, you can't go on the beach. And I remember that being like, but why not? You know, and you didn't understand. And it was a dump. Like, and then it kind of came back around and now it's like a center for uh, you know, kind of like anything artistic is like really, it's yeah. cool. The yeah. music scene there. Yeah, the thriving. shows. You just played that, didn't sure you, John? In Asbury Park? Yeah, I played, yeah, the same. Oh, you did. That was, I remember that place. I just drove yeah. by there the other day. Yeah. And I was thinking about it. I was like. It's, it's a cool little rock and roll. I like that place. It's tiny. Do you remember in like, I actually, I went and there was this guy in Coyote Shivers. Do you know who I'm talking about? Mm -mm. It's like a, like a kind of. Like Johnny Thunder is kind of like Ramon Z, but like he had songs were kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Like he would say like real dirty stuff in his songs. But uh, he he, I remember showing up there one day with my friend at the Saint, and like at, we look at the thing, and like he starts playing, and I was uh -huh. like, oh, that's cool. It's the only time that like I went to somewhere and had no idea who's playing. It turned out to be somebody I liked. So it was that's a cool place. I like that place. Did your mom get to meet Bruce, or what, what was her reaction when when she, this whole thing happened with you and Bruce? My mom was pumped. Yeah. Yeah. My mom was <laughs> real proud. Yeah. But that's how I got through playing in front of 180,000 people without throwing up. Because mm -hmm. I said, I was like, I said to myself, you can't mess this up. I was like, because your mom is definitely going to see this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you can't mess up. You can't. Uh, there was no, I was like, messing up is not an option. It's not an option. This is between me and my mom. And that was it. And I just went for it. 
So but don't you? I, I like I've played you know not that in front of that many people, but I think I played in front of like seventy thousand people with like Ben Harper or something like that, and I found that super easy because. The fourth wall is so tremendous. Like you might as well be like Washington Monument or something. Like, <laughs> like the, the the difference between you and the audience is like it's just like it's like you might as well have a superhero costume on. Whereas if I do like a house concert, yeah, or if I play a place like the Saint in Asbury Park, yeah, that's harder. I I can see that for me. Yeah, you know, not necessarily the Saint, but a house concert. Like house concerts are hard. Yeah, they, there's it no is. fourth wall right. at all. It's like you're just in the room. Yeah, that's scary. singing your heart. Out it is scary in front of like 14 people <laughs> right. or however many. And they kind of like looking at you. You yeah. can hear if anybody breathes or anything. Right. Yeah. It's just that's hella awkward. Yeah, totally. But I think that yeah, it it for me it was it was daunting. I was I looked out and was like, yeah. huh, like that's a lot of people. Right. You know, like I know someone's filming this. You know, yeah. right. is that kind of thing. So plus, like you look back and you're like. Oh, what up, Clarence? Mm. Right. Like, oh, I better not make guys. a mistake. Yeah, yeah, this is like you look and then your heroes are standing next to you and you're just like, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, what, what am I supposed to do? You're not prepared for this. Do you ever think about things like manifesting your reality? And do you ever listen to things like that? Abraham Hicks or... I've never heard of Dr. it. Dr. Joe Dispenza or anything like that? No, what you know, the secret is the is the other version of it, like where if you manif you like hold something in your head and make it make your dreams come true, basically. Okay, through the power of manifestation. I know I've never I've never you, studied. You it, never no. mess with that. Uh-uh. But you are manifesting great things. I'm, well, so, you manifested. So you I gotta manifested be. Bruce <laughs> gotta coming be. up to you and saying, "I, I want to play a hey, number, one of your numbers." Yeah, hey, I'm gonna arrest you. <laughs> so. How many records did so? How many records did you end up putting out, or like what happened after that? Well, then we'll, uh, we put out um, three records after that. Mm -hmm. So that that that's when record making became extraordinarily difficult because that's when you knew that like people were listening, right? And that did my head in a bit because it yeah. made me feel like before I didn't. I was creating in this peaceful space of like I'm only doing this because for I like it for you and maybe whoever can catches on yeah that. and then but and then now I, there was all these like information like people and the springsteen message uh -huh. boards and all that <laughs> and it was it was scary to me yeah. because i was like i wanted so bad to live up to i guess it's like you know doing like being a fighter and getting like you're just knocking people out and then you get to that title fight and you're like if i mess this one thing up that's it mm. you know you're done and and i like you don't get a round two mm. so I had to, I had to kind of, I don't know, like just press forward. And I think that we did okay. I think that we did the best that we could do. But mm. I do not think that we were, you know, like equipped to be able to navigate those waters as well as maybe people thought we were. Mm. You know, like we kind of did those things. We were so hard on sleeve that we just didn't give thought to all the. The other things, which which you were hard on sleeve, did you say? Heart on sleeve, yeah. Oh, heart on yeah, sleeve. like very very yeah. just like we're this is what we are. Like th yeah. it's not like a it's not like a thing, um, and and I think that later on I realized that there's also uh, a little bit of a craft to navigating uh -huh. that that world, you know, and that kind of people's interviews and stuff. Like there's like yeah. a little bit of a 
a way to do it and a way not to. Because I would talk, like, I assumed everyone was a music fan. So I would yeah. be like, hey, we're talking like this. Yeah, but that's also good. Even though I'm, I hear it's not a tactic, it's a good tactic, though, still. Like, hey, fuck it, we're hard on sleeve. This is what we are. It can backfire. It, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you say things like thinking that that's where what I was talking about before it kind of comes into play is like you would say things that'd be like, you know, hey, do you love this? And you'd be like, yeah, of course I love this. And then somebody would be like, well, you're stupid for loving that, essentially. Mm. You know, and you'd be like, but they wouldn't say it to your face. They'd say it later. And you'd be like, yeah. you'd read it and be like, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Oh come on! I said it like this, and you know that. <laughs> oh right! But now yeah. you're making it, you're making me feel stupid. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. saying something like, "Oh, that's it, lame, yeah. man." Yeah. Your album oh, yeah, reviews, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, man. Of course, I gotta do something. Right. You know, oh, I gotta, I gotta take stock, and <laughs> I gotta figure out whether I, I gotta buy, a, invest in a tool belt in the near future. Mm-hmm. Gotta know where I am. You know, you gotta stay plugged in. Some, re- I don't know. Sometimes I judge it a lot by like shows, or, like. Mm. how many people are coming like if they're coming and they're still excited about it then it seems cool but like nowadays it's a little different there's less you know you, you know like back in the day like if you 10 years ago you got like a bad review that traveled for a long way mm-hmm. you know now it travels a little bit less because people make their own opinions yeah because everybody's a critic now yeah but like, like things move quicker and you get to say your own piece yeah you know? That's true. Whereas before, you know, some people would take it in like a real sarcastic tone and they would be, mm. I was kind of like, yo, why are you dissing on this thing that I love? You know, like get your own thing to be negative about. I love my Bruce Springsteen and, my, you know, whatever, my New Jersey and my cheeseburgers. Get out of here. Well, that's what's cool about what you've done recently on social media with the whole like your sort of little album reviews about albums you like and yeah. you're not worried about. Nah, I don't okay. know. It flies in the face of of those kind of concerns like you're not worried about oh here's my punk rock credibility this that the other i don't care like that's cool though yeah that is cool cool. yeah it is cool and people respond like that too they like it and and like me too like i see like oh he likes the red hot chili peppers too yeah good i like them too i'm sick of being feeling guilty every time i say i like the red hot fucking (laughs) chili peppers (laughs) i love it i I so bad wanted to end that review with so yo i like the red hot chili peppers suck my kiss (laughs) and then i was like nah you should <laughs> it would have been no, so that funny, been so corny, but in, in a good way, though. Right, though, you know what yeah, I mean. But like, or wait, <laughs> yeah, what did you say recently about them? I don't know. Uh, I just doing, like them. Yeah. Oh, you were talking about like people thought you were probably listening to the Clash, this, that, and the other thing, and you were listening to Stadium Arcadium. Yeah. Because of John Frusciante's background vocals. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I, look, he I does love have the Clash, magical too. background vocal vibe. He does. He? Uh, there's tracks you can find on YouTube where it's yeah. just the background vocal, right? And it's gnarly. It's yeah. so good. The harmonies. Oh man. Yeah, and they're back together now. Yeah, he's tuned in to something else. He is tuned into something Big else. Big time. He's Flea, an in- too. Interesting cat. Yeah, I think all that, that whole band, I feel like that band is so appreciative of where they are mm-hmm. and who, I don't even know them or I've never met them, but like they seem so open to like the fact that they are a small drop in a giant community of, of, of musical mm-hmm. people. And that to me, it, they, they seem humble about it. Yeah. You know, I love that. Yeah, me too. So how excited are you now that you got this solo album done? And local honey, lo- local honey, <laughs> pretty excited month. about yeah. The twenty seventh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I am excited. I think that I'm happy to have done something where is like I have a hard time telling what's good. I feel yeah. that this is something that satisfied me to do. I yeah. was done. I feel like I am satisfied. I have made a statement that I've been trying to make for a long time, and I I view it a lot of as, uh, as how. Um, 
I must have imagined anyone else who makes like a, a musical shift at some point where they just go, you know what? I'm this guy. I've kind of always been that guy, but now I just don't care if you see it. Right. And like, not that you don't care like in a negative way, but just like, yeah. I, I gotta be, I gotta be me. I can't pander to you. I gotta be me. Yeah. And, and I feel like I made a record where I go, yeah, that, that's me. And people seem real excited about it. I think people like love you. <laughs> you, know, you notice that some people do no a lot of people do man and you carry yourself with a lot of i don't know you have one of these personalities that's like you you make people people want you to like them i do like them yeah <laughs> they, they want you to like them too that's good because yeah. i do or maybe i'm just talking about myself no it's 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 good <laughs> you know who i will tell you i know who you're friends with you know who's somebody who did not care if they liked them or not uh, who, who i love very much who? So I was hanging out with your boy Greg Dooley, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 not him, not him, not him. This gets oh, okay. even better. It gets, <laughs> yo, this gets tasty. This gets tasty because okay, you're gonna good. tell, and I'm gonna get to say it. So, yo, so I'll tell you what. When I was growing up, there, there was, there was the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Then there was Greg Dooley and Mark Lanigan, uh -huh. oh, and Mark's that to me. Friend, yeah. So I yeah. was like, yo, and we were hanging out. We were playing, and it was like Soundgarden or something was playing these like couple shows, and it was mm -hmm. you know the Afghan wigs and the Refused and Gaslight, and like so I was like, yo. and I got to meet Greg, and I was like, he's so cool, and he was so cool to me. He was in yeah. such a good mood. He was happy. Yeah, like he's a I, great dude. But that's not who I expected from yeah. the records. I expected right. this like salty dude. Brooding. Right. So we go up and we're playing this festival, and he's like, I'm like walking somewhere with him, and I'm like. Oh, Greg Dooley. I'm like, this is mental. I'm like, yo, somebody's going to get stabbed. I know it. It's going to be like an Afghan wig song. I'm like, something bad's going to happen. You know what? So then roll up and there's Mark Lanigan and he's going to play a show. And like, I think it was right before he went on stage or something like that. <laughs> and I love Mark Lanigan. Like if there's anybody's voice that I love, it's like Tom Waits and Mark Lanigan. Oh, Those yeah. are the two. Yeah. And Greg goes, Hey Mark, this is my, my friend, Brian. And, Mark doesn't even look at me. And he just goes, hey. And then goes right back to talking to Greg. And I'm like looking at him like a puppy. And I'm just like, yo. I'm like, grace me with your dark light. Just turn in my, turn your face to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. he just was not having any kind of interaction no. at all. Yeah. But not in like he plays a, it. He plays it. Not in a mean way. Not in a mean way. But he was frosty as the tundra. Yeah. And I was like, I liked him even more. Right. I, and I was like, I said to Greg, I go, yo, I go, yo, yo, your boy didn't say hi. He goes, nah, that's him. He mm -hmm. goes, you got to take it or leave it. I was like, cool. I respect it. You got to take it. But it was like, it I just it. wanted to, like, I wanted so bad to, like, have, I was like, this is the moment. This is the moment where I get hit by a bus afterward and I'm cool with it. Because yeah. I'm like, I got Greg Dooley and Mark Lanigan standing right in front of me. I got her twins. And I'm in the, I'm in the, you know, I'm in the congregation big time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, lay it on me <laughs> it was he was just like not nah, could not he's like yeah right not to self-promote but we had him on the podcast we went to his house in la yeah. and he's he knows us both very comfortably yeah and if you watch that episode you'll be like is that mark because he's cracking up he's laughing he's oh, funny man. so and, cool. and i say to him mark you know you're very intimidating to people that don't know you and then joe goes you're very intimidating to people who do know you yes <laughs> so that's the like that's the thing is because like he wasn't mean like some people are yeah. like rude he wasn't rude at all like he, yeah. he did say hi but he was so intimidating. Yeah, but that's people have that vibe. same feeling about you. No way. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I'm not like that. Though. No, that's but like maybe not like that, but you have a similar 
way about you. I feel like I'm very embracing though when you first like if yeah, you yeah you meet are me, you're very nice like I'm just like like I was intimidated to meet you just because you seem like a cool tough guy too nah. like, maybe it's the tattoos I'm a clown you know yeah, I, that's yeah, what yeah, I say I, I got you. like somebody said that to me too like on Instagram recently like. Oh, for such a brooding guy, you're like you have a nice smile or something. And I'm like brooding. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm brooding. a goofball. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? I'm a, you know, right. like, no, totally. But people like assume brooding. I guess if you make music, sometimes yeah. it has a darkness to it or whatever. That's I guess that's the vibe. But yeah, I yeah. think that you know, I I don't know. I try to like. I think I, I'm so uncomfortable on a daily basis. Like yeah. that I just try to make people feel comfortable. Right. You know. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it's another thing. If you don't need that, it just makes you cooler. If you like seem cooler, you know. I'm yeah. like, because now forever, I think Mark's the coolest. Yeah, yeah. He's like is, so he cool. Is. He's very cool. <laughs> on on local honey, you said you're happy with it. How is it different from your previous two solo? Are you happy, more happy with the writing, with with the music? What's more you now that you said? Uh, well, the thing that I think that I'm happy with is that I'm happy with all of the stuff. In, you know in its own way like I'm, I'm pleased with it there's nothing that i would say like oh i wish i you know like i hate this or that like i'm very happy with it but the thing that i think that makes me more happy now is that i feel like there was no stone unturned and there was nothing that i felt that the job wasn't finished mm -hmm. and a lot of the times like on the on the last record like i wish i went further into some of the like i'm not saying that i would have erased any of the songs i love the songs but i wish i added more of the like like there's a first the first song on the record is like kind of like a, it's got like kind of this like soul groove like r&b backbeat like the jam kind of like town called malice and it's called if your prayers don't get to heaven and i i i wish that i went further in that that like songwriting style on the rest of the record like i wish i dug deeper in that mm -hmm. And then, like, even on the first record, I wish I had, like, dug deeper into some of the, like, really, like, 70s California harmony stuff, like Jackson Brown and that kind mm -hmm. of thing. And, like, just just as an, art, as an artistic thing. But on this one, well, I remember setting out what I tried to do. Like, I was, like, I, I'm inspired by Wrecking Ball and Time Out of Mind and these records that Daniel Lenoir did. And I'm just, like, that where people just kind of let their guard down and said i'm gonna make a record yeah, those two records are killer yeah. so killer right and also the neville brothers yellow moon that he did i didn't uh, hear that yeah check that one okay out. yellow moon that's another new All Orleans. Right. that's another new orleans lanois love that production but I mean, that time out of mind is like one of the greatest records of all time. I think it should be in the Smithsonian. <laughs> I'm serious, isn't it? I think it's so good. Like people are like, you know, times they are changing. I'm like, whatever. Time out of mind. <laughs> time out of mind, dude. It's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Totally. Fucking what, standing in the doorway. And what about uh, um, the Highlands? Yeah, it's like, uh, dude, dude that so whole the like, whole thing with the waitress and like and <laughs> drawing a picture of her and all that, and it goes on for eleven minutes. Oh, I know. It's, it's just <laughs> like, god damn, is that a great record? Dude. Even the way it starts with "Love Sick," it's that whole oh, like that yeah. riff, and you're I'm sick of love. Yeah, love sick. Down, like, down. Yeah, but like even the beginning of that song, like that has that thing where you're you're as soon as you hear "I'm walking," it like mm -hmm. you're you're in, you're in yeah. the world. That's the thing that I think that like makes people like, you know, Tom Waits and Mark Lanigan and Greg Dooley in the mm -hmm. in the. Uh, oh, and by the way, guys, because I know you you like Joseph. Congratulations, you are in the canon with Tom Waits now. You're on the mm -hmm. level, so they're in the same. They've been upgraded to this level of like legendary thing. Right. And I don't know if they know that, Who? but they. Tom, uh, Greg and, and Mark. Greg and they're, Mark. They're yeah. in the level. Yeah. I'll I don't text know if they Mark got, when we're there. I don't know if they got the the thing in a <laughs> yeah. mail in the mail or whatever, but they they're in. They're in. So like you know when you get 
to to that level and you create these worlds instantly mm. it's like okay great right. you know like this is this is the thing and that's what i think that he achieved but when you know what, how, making, how do you think he achieved that i mean a lot of it probably has to do with daniel lanois right because bob dylan writes great songs but like you you can't you got to create a sound it's when lanois produces them specifically on that album too yep. But he said he hated it. I like, know. There was a lot of tension. And he, and he resisted giving Dan the full props, I guess. Seems, Cold-blooded. Seems, it's a little bit like uh, Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. It's like Michael Jackson wanted to be like, wait, I can do this without Quincy. It's nah. Like, nah, you kind of can't, <laughs> no. bro. Like, you sort of can, but just... Do it with Quincy again. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I kind of want to say that to Bob Dylan, too. I mean, obviously, Bob Dylan can do it with anybody he wants, and Jack Frost can produce it. Mm. But it's like... It's a self. Oh, I know. Yeah. But, like, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, that time out of mind, it's like, wow. It's so good. But I think that that's kind of like... So I do not think I achieved, you know, the greatness of that record, but I do... But that's what you were angling yeah, for. Yeah, and, and, and sat, like the satisfaction level that I walked away with it is I, I like I put it on for the first time and I remember just being like, Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what I was doing. Huh. You know so you got there. Yeah, and it's a weird thing because I felt like though it's my third solo record, I feel like this is the moment where uh like I was talking to my wife about this the other day where you know you know that moment where where I guess like when Tom Waits got married and he basically just like cut off he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start banging on pots and pans now. That's mm. my thing. Like I'm that's who I am now. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I think of that a lot. Yeah, yeah. His, his his thing with r- rhythm-led songwriting at yeah. that point. And, he and, found... his, and his wife is the one who pushed him in that direction. His yeah. manager wife. Yeah. Catherine, I think is her name. I can't remember her name. but Kathleen Brennan. Kathleen, Renan. right, yeah. right, right. right. And, but I feel like he just like sort of said like i i don't i'm i'm this is who i am i'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna let it down and just like people hate it and people hated the black rider right. and those records when they first came out huh. like people did not like those records so it's interesting you know and now time has said these are great but like you know for me i think that the, the i found like a door that opened up in my head and i love the old material that i've done like every there's not a single record where i feel like i wouldn't have done that like 59 sound or american slang or any of those records yeah like and even my first two solo records, there's not a one of them that I would I would scrub from the the, from uh, the books. yeah the books. But I feel like I now as like a 40 year old father who's been where I've you know what my, I've lived my life this far, I can see that a door to the 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 future is has opened from my my art creativity with this record. Yeah. Well, 40 is the new 25. So, so you're I'm just hoping. you're just getting going, dude. <laughs> Tell me about it. But um. I guess it's like a level of intimacy in that time out of mind when I think about it. Like yeah. Maybe that's kind of, and maybe that's what you achieved. It's that kind know. of intimacy. He almost died, right? Before they made that record. Yeah, it seemed like any, and, and I just remember like for years it was like, oh yeah, he's probably never going to make another record and all this. And it was like, yeah, when that came out, it was like, oh, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. This must be like, he must be gonna about to die in like two weeks. Yeah. That's what it felt like. It did. And then fast forward to 45 years later, <laughs> 1,400 <laughs> albums later. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Dude? I don't know. Anyway, so now we probably better wrap this up because we've been going for a while. But like, did you also, you got a, are you like a sobriety person too? Like, do you not drink or anything like that? Yeah, or? but by the, not by like any Not by choice. any kind of AA thing no. or any of that? Like, I, I just don't, like, 
I even even in the days when like the band was getting like going and getting big, like I just never. I was so concerned about the like I knew that if I slacked off in any way, that somebody'd be right there to take it. You know, but if we had a shot, I was gonna take it. And if I got messed up, I saw all the guys on tour losing their voice at mm -hmm. shows the next day, and like, you know, just like really having a hard time. You stayed focused. Yeah, and then now, like, I mean, but I was always like, I drink a little bit, like just a couple beers. But now I see it as like, you know, I gotta keep maintain high level clarity, and like just mm -hmm. to be a dad, and like to also just, just, just on like, you know what? I've somehow been given the ability to abstain, and so since I never thought it was so good, let me abstain and I'll be that guy. Mm -hmm. I'll be the guy that people feel safe around that are like, yo, I quit doing whatever and be like, cool, come hang with me. Mm -hmm. Cause like everybody that parties, they can hang too, but they can hang with anybody. Mm -hmm. The people that don't party, there's a very limited number of people that they can hang with. And I have an empathy towards any kind of struggle like that. Mm. Why? I don't know. I feel because I have an empathy for suffering That's and perseverance. Yeah, I feel that energy coming from you. I thought you were a recovery person. No, I, I don't know. I feel like, I, you know, you, I'm going to be you honest. You seem like that. I feel Honestly, like I've been you have recovery. That vibe. Yeah, you I do, feel like that. Because I am. I'm definitely that. I've been, you know, I started going into meetings when I was 20, before I was legal. I was yeah. a mess with all that shit. That's how I feel. So I feel like, like yeah, I, 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 sent, I And I have a spitey sense about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like totally. when it's other people. Like, and I definitely, my spidey senses are going with you. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I think it's the, the you know it, the people who've struggled and people who have sort of had to come back from whatever you know mental health or any kind of thing yeah. like that and like that I've I've struggled with and I feel like yeah. I, there's a real empathy towards anybody who's get just gets real and goes like I I'm I'm busted up I don't know what yeah. to do but I'm trying. Well, cool. Well, what what would like what would you say to like people like young people coming up trying to like do what you're doing and stuff like that? Or who what what, what advice would you give them on how to keep their dreams alive? I would say that you do not listen to anyone and lock yourself in the room mm -hmm. and create what you makes you feel. Don't create what you think is cool or what will sell. Mm -hmm. Create what sets you on fire. Just make that. And make that your goal yeah. because you will win no matter what if you do that yeah just what you love that's yeah. the thing create that yeah that's great man thank you for doing <laughs> yeah. the podcast yeah thanks thank for you. having me it's been wonderful Fantastic. talking to you thank man. you you congratulations too congratulations on the new album thank you tour starts at the uh, this is going to come out before the album so yeah. we could use it you're playing town tour. hall in new york yep congrats any, on that thank you new yorkers around and webster hall is up uh right after that i think right at like a couple days after that webster hall so tour dates on the website nice yep, yep. brian fallon dot net and Instagram, Brian Fallon. The Brian Fallon. The yeah. Brian Fallon. <laughs> but somebody okay. took Brian Fallon. They wouldn't give it to me. I oh, asked them. Crazy. I was like, yo, let me buy that off you. Come on. And they wouldn't? They said, nah. Damn. I said, cold-blooded? Cold-blooded. Cool. Right. I said, I respect that. They're like, I see how it is. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> the Brian Fallon. So, yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks, cool. Brian. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, everybody. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.